0: Even people that said, hey, there's a slowdown right now, we're still feeling very strong about, about prices because of inflation and things like that. Where do you fall on the boom or bust vote?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely boom.
0: So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Recording in progress, Real Estate Rockstars. We are back. The Hey, this is Aaron Amuchastegui. I am your host, and I get to talk to Kelly Skevel again today. Kelly's from... It's upstate New York. You called upstate New York. Yeah, she's been on here four or five times. One of my favorite co-hosts, Kelly. How's it going?
1: Hey, Aaron. Good. I'm so excited to be here. This is like super last minute, and I love it. I feel so honored every time you yeah. bring me on.
0: Me too. The it's always the funny thing is we should always start hitting record ahead of time. We've been talking for 20 minutes about real estate <laughs> in the world and everything else. I'm like, people would have really loved to hear some of our yeah. some of our opinions. Although sometimes we're afraid to share our opinions. So we'll just leave it at that. We'll share our real estate yeah. opinions for everybody. Nobody wants to hear my personal opinions anyway,
1: maybe. <laughs> well, I do, but you don't have to share them on here on the podcast.
0: Yeah. We'll get to share about the real estate stuff. What is new with real estate up in New York?
1: Let me think here, so i it's I feel like you know like what you were hearing across the whole country, it is cooling off a little bit
0: mm-hmm. we're not
1: seeing you know people aren't rushing and making we're not seeing like 10, 12, multiple offers bidding wars like they were over the summer, but um I would say that it's even though it's cooling down, it's still very busy
0: what What are evictions and stuff like up there right now
1: oh so i I should have probably read up on this a little bit more, so the governor extended the eviction moratorium here in New York. I can't remember to when, but there was a part in there where initially the landlords were not allowed to, when they submitted that hardship form, landlords were initially not allowed to um, contest it at all. Like you had to take what they wrote down for face value and and trust it. And now at least in there, there there's like a thing now where we can contest that the hardship form that they fill out. Yeah. I'm probably missing a couple parts of that, but yeah. So that's kind of the change, at least that is sort of in our favor, landlord's favor um, for the extension on the moratorium.
0: That's important. Cause in Texas, we had a few of those at the very beginning that they would sign And there wasn't really a way, the way the court system worked is we just had to kind of try it. Right. And, you, and most yeah. of the time the court wouldn't even take the hearing and we were able to yeah. get a hearing on some of the stuff and we were able to show like, all right, so she just has a brand new car in her driveway. <laughs> right it still has the dealer plates on it yeah She's four months behind on her rent so the so i don't so there's there could be more to the story but can we at least ask what the rest of the story is yeah so we can figure out like maybe the car's a maybe there the car's a gift maybe something else but it doesn't look good on paper if you're saying i can't pay my rent but you've got a brand new car you made that yeah. I mean, the, the people that work for me the people on my team they, they they got so angry during that time some of the people that were able to they did get away with it uh get and that's gonna kind of come off really bad. There were plenty of people that needed the help plenty of people yeah. that filled out the forms. They got it. We, we love how much the state of Texas got money out to people that filled out the forms for hardships and for assistance and stuff like that. But just like everything, we saw plenty of bad apples too. And the bad apples left a bad taste.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Did you do any, have you done any evictions on your own properties lately?
1: We were, uh, no, we haven't done any evictions. We were super close twice, but we, so one, the, uh, she left. These are two, were two tenants we inherited with the ones that we bought over the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had another one who, she was like 12 years clean. She had been an addict and uh, relapsed right when we bought the property okay. and got herself into a whole bunch of trouble. Um, and finally we didn't have to evict her. We were moving towards that. She, we were able to, um, with the, with our attorney may consider the uh, apartment abandoned and all of her stuff in it. It's like a whole year long thing though.
0: Yeah. Um, Did you try anything like what strategies or what advice would you give somebody right now? Cause some States that you're able to do eviction is, 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 and in New York, if you weren't able to do it, or if it was harder, what advice would you give somebody going through the same thing? Like, what did you learn?
1: Yeah, it was, oh my gosh, what did we learn? There, it's, you could like do a whole 60 minute podcast on like all the stuff I've learned in the last year. <laughs> I, I, so this, we were trying to evict her. One thing I learned was not to, so we ac- accepted the assigned leases. Um, so they had, way, backing way up to when we purchased it, they re-signed a couple tenants and they were like, well, it, it was like right in the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, sure, so re-sign them if they're paying te- rent. Like, I don't want to have to find somebody this was in the very beginning of the pandemic, so they so this this particular person their lease ran out like in July first it was due to renew and they renewed her and we bought it in May. Anyways, I would not ever let anybody sign leases for me again. Like I will just accept the signed ones that are there and run, let them run out and then make the decision because then we had this this person stuck with us for another year. Um, So that was the first lesson I learned. The other one, yeah, we were going back and forth with our attorney, two different attorneys a lot on trying to evict her and they were willing to take it to court. And we were using the clause, like uh, whatever, dangerous activities because there were drugs involved, but they didn't think any of the judges were going to hear it. So we basically like just, it was just like conversation after conversation, just recording stuff. And then thankfully, I feel like thankfully for us, she abandoned the property and that made it easy on us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the it's funny like cash for keys and things like that should work, and in some cases they do. And um, but the you know trying to figure out the solution through there, you know, the one the, one of those advice pieces you just said, we've learned that a lot since COVID of buying properties that we inherited that were rented, and it used to be that we'd get a lot of them, and a lot of them were month to month, so we would instantly want to get them onto a year, get them onto our leases instead, and we actually bought a hundred single family houses this last week that were all rented and most of them are month to month. There's a it was a big deal is in South Texas, you know, the the price point per house is like it's like 120,000 per house. Um wow. it was a big deal, but this time for all of the month to months, we said let's just in our system, let's put let's let them stay on month to month for the next 90 days. So that way wow. cuz we usually 60 days out give people an offer to renew, the new rent price, new terms, things like that. And we said, let's keep everybody on for another 45 days first. So we can see which residents are going to be great and yeah. which ones aren't. And so where in the past, it would have been like, let's get them onto a new lease ahead of time. Yeah. Especially when you're inheriting residents, like be oh man. a little safer, a little more patient, um, something that we're learning too. Yeah.
1: That was one, you actually mentioned like the cash for keys. So with the other tenant that we inherited that took a turn, a bad turn fast, we actually rented the U-Haul for her, parked it. My husband parked it. On a day, her family came up, loaded it, and then my husband drove it over to where she was moving and helped them unload the stuff, and then took the U-Haul back. And that was super helpful because she had a whole like you know house full of stuff. So that that actually she was easier to get out and and move shortly after we closed on that one.
0: Yeah, See, I don't know who uh, it from. It's funny. I was asking about evictions. I got an email this morning from a. Uh, from the, the, rent, the rental home councils group that we're a part of. Um, and they said, Senator Elizabeth Warren introduced a bill yesterday that would give the Department of Health and Human Services legal authority to enact a nationwide eviction moratorium again. The bill itself doesn't spell out the terms of potential moratorium other than it would remain in force through the COVID public health emergency. Uh, right now, a lot of those are ex- expected to expire October 20th, plus an additional 60 days. And the recommendation they came is they don't think this is going to get Enacted. They don't think it's. They don't think this is going to become law. It, it. They tried to do it. It said. They tried to do this back in like July, and they couldn't get enough of the Senate to to pass it. Like it passed the House and and not the Senate. So, anyway, but it is interesting. Like stay up on your news of what's going on because they're the politicians on both sides are constantly trying to make changes to this. I yeah. saw new new IRA guidelines this week of proposed changes of people not being able to use you know. essentially it'll be harder to use your retirement funds in like a a SEP IRA, like in a real estate fund. So right now there's a lot of people out there with real estate funds. You can use your, your, you know, your 401ks and you self-direct it into one of these funds. And they're going to try to make that tougher this year too. And not signed into law yet. But as soon as something like that happens, you have to start rethinking your whole, your whole strategy.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of people get their start in investing by using their four their self what is it self directed four hundred one k. However, yeah,
0: yeah. I like a SEP, a SEP IRA SEP yeah. IRAs. one that we did. Yeah, ways to do self direct IRAs real estate rockstars, this is aaron amuchistagi for a quick commercial break so during 2020 and 2021 the real estate market completely changed there's so much competition in the market so many people trying to buy and sell houses but there's hardly any supply hardly any product hardly anyone willing to list their homes it's time for every agent out there to become a hybrid agent investor to be able to reach out directly to homeowners to try to get them to sell or list their house we've got a new website go to leadpropeller.com and you can set up your own investor buyer website in just minutes you'll set up your own url set up phone numbers help go through the leads help reach out to people that aren't listing their pro- their property currently and have them fill out a form that says, hey, I wanna sell my house. And then as an agent, you can go through and make them a hybrid offer. You can tell them, hey, I think your house would sell for $220,000 on MLS, but I can either write you a $180,000 cash offer right now, or I can help you fix it up and you'll list it for $220,000 on MLS. These are buyers that are looking for quick cash offers tens of thousands are submitting these forms every single day and they're skipping the listing process. But so many of you guys out there are such good agents. It's a great opportunity to get that lead and help them maximize sales price for their home. So again, go to leadpropeller.com and think about signing up for your own investor site so buyers will start reaching out to you asking you to make an offer on their home. Yeah. Yeah, the it's it's uh, especially when there's things like this going in the market there's always wondering what is the, what is the motivation for all that? Well, let's, let's start getting into some of the news. I'd like to hear what you think about it. Cause it's funny. I did a poll on my Instagram today and I said, boom or bust. There was an article that came out that said, Hey, right now real estate agents are, you know, analysts are looking at the market and they are saying we are not our boomer bubble. I think is what, you know, it was like boomer bubble, boomer bust. Are we, are we going through, or are we about to turn the other way. And, and 95% of people that voted said, it's a boom. It's going, you know, it's going strong. And everybody kind of gave me their city where they were at. And that was really interesting to get to hear and then hear from a few of the people that thought the other way. And, and even people that said, hey, there's a slowdown right now. We're still feeling very strong about, about prices because of inflation and things like that. Where do you fall on the boom or bust vote?
1: yeah, I'm definitely a boom. i this is like this conversation, you must have this conversation like multiple times a day, right? Like I feel like everywhere I turn, this is a conversation. i, I definitely feel like it's a boom. So especially in our area too, we're very we we have two colleges, so we have Cornell University, Ithaca College, and then we have a community college too. So I wasn't an agent or an investor back with the first uh, with the two thousand and eight crash. Um, But I've talked to agents who were, and they said, even with that, we were really well insulated from that. We didn't see a lot of uh, volatile movement and there was only a little bit, a couple foreclosures. So I think we'd see the same here, but yeah, I don't, I don't, how how could we be in a bubble when there's a a lack of inventory to the extent that we're having?
0: Yeah. It's uh, I mean, my listeners have heard me say it a lot. They're, I remember I'm still traumatized by the, the crash of like 2008, 2009, 2010. Yeah. And so, and I remember back in 2005, we were having the same conversations of is there a boom and, and is there a bust? And now I think there's a lot more data where people can research the data a lot more. And it's funny, they're seeing some things slow down. But they're seeing, you know, uh, uh, there's so many other things that impact it. But I feel like we're in a boom. I I always try to, right now, I think my forecasting arm, I keep going like, what am I comfortable to say? Are prices going to be worth more a year from now or less? And I think housing is going to be worth more a year from now. And that might be the only question I can successfully answer. But I think the demand is the highest part of it. The people needing houses, there's so many articles that are saying why there's a housing shortage. So I, put, I went ahead and found that article that I posted, but it was it's so much fun to get people to vote. And it said, Is the US housing market another bubble? The US housing market has been a, an unlikely beneficiary from the COVID 19 pandemic. It said the median price for an existing home reached 363,000. So houses nationwide on average have gone up 23.4%. It says you can see basically in the last 15 months or so, we've seen a dramatic acceleration in prices. It says, well, speculation certainly is a factor. The main cause for the current housing demand is low mortgage rates. At the start of the pandemic in March, the 30-year fixed mortgage sat at 3.45. By July, it's 2.87. It says supply is also an issue. Uh, The U.S. has underbuilt housing needs by at least 5.5 million units over the past 20 years. It says, so we've got a boost in demand because of low rates and, and we've got a shrinkage of supply and that's pushing sales prices up. So that's overall, I mean, that's a very quick, you know, economics analysis, but the, the supply demand equation, I did go to school during that session. And uh, the supply and demand is something we think about all the time. So, demand is up because people can afford more with low rates, uh, supply is down. And I don't see anything making a change that people like everybody wants, especially if people could vacation again, if the world was opened up fully, and it's getting. Better every day for the most. It's like we get three steps forward, one step back, three <laughs> steps forward, one step back. I still feel like we're on our way heading in the right direction for the most part. Probably depends on the state. You know, you guys. Can- yeah. But yeah, I think that once people can, if I, if I could go to Hawaii all the time, maybe I wouldn't need as cool of a house. But for when people are like, hey, we can't go travel as much. Let's spend money on a, on a house instead. I think that's going to stay as a mindset for a while.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
0: What are the biggest reasons? So if you're talking to your clients, what's their biggest reason they're, they're buying a house right now?
1: Uh, interest rates are low. I have, I've, uh, so I started a real estate meetup here recently. We just had our first meetup, which was super successful. And, um, I was looking to really target, I'm trying to target investors more because it's where my passion lies. And a lot of them are like, I could pay cash for this, this property, but money's so cheap. I just want to like take out a mortgage and, you know, they're, they're getting like non-owner occupied for one to four families here for like 2.8%. Like, You
0: know, so non-owner occupied 2.8%. That's incredible
1: on a 30 year term. Like (laughs) it's, it's amazing.
0: Inflation will definitely outpace 2.8%. Like the, uh, it is like, um, it does feel like a no brainer. Gosh. and, And for real estate agents, just that knowledge should make your life so much easier. Uh, as always, if you guys are watching on YouTube, you'll see some of the articles as they pull up. And if you're listening, we do our best to tell you about it. The kind of in line with that. So yesterday, an article came out on Bloomberg. Prashant Gopal uh, was the was the guy that wrote it. Mortgage borrowers' credit scores reached a record in pandemic. And it has a, a little chart here that says, what percentage of applicants had credit scores above 700? A 700 credit score is a good credit score. Like that is a good, solid credit score. And if you look back to 2005, 40%, maybe 45% of people... Oh, wow. uh, credit scores of 700 or more. We're talking about like boom bust, right? Right. And then in 2010, 2011, 2012, then like 80% of borrowers had high credit scores. Because at that time, like the market was still going down. Housing prices were going down every month during 2010, 2011. So they were being really critical. They said, we're only going to lend to people that have really high credit scores. 2015 and 2016, looks like lenders got a little bit more lenient. So only 70% of people had a credit score of 700 or more. But now we just hit a, it's, 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 this says they hit a record uh, during uh, 2020 and 2021, 83% of borrowers have a credit score of 700 or more. And so or it says in the first quarter, 82% of borrowers had a FICO scores of 700 or more on a scale uh, to 850. Um, compar- and I'm trying to see if there's any other, gotta, I mean, I wonder what the average credit score is, but that's pretty um, interesting. Does that surprise you at all?
1: No, no. I mean, it goes back to so in the beginning, like in the beginning of the pandemic, and I guess through the like the middle of, I guess what would be the middle right now. I was hearing from bankers that they weren't, they 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 were saying that they weren't like holding back on lending, but that they they said they weren't tightening up, like they weren't they weren't admitting to that, but they were saying we're requiring a lot more proof of, you know, uh, funds and money and just like really being a lot more strict about like all the paperwork that you have to turn in. Yeah. So I mean it, it doesn't really surprise me. I think
0: Yeah, it's but funny it, that they're being more strict, they're not really saying it. But then you look at the yeah. stats and you go, I mean, that's impressive to know. Like that helps me that helps me keep confident. Like confidence of the market, like when you're voting for boom or bust or boom or bubble, right? You're like if 82% of people buying and the 82% of the people that bought in the last 18 months have credit scores of 700 or more that that means something i think that yeah. means something i think that's special and like 2005 when anybody could get a loan the number was like 42 43 so that's a good statistics point to look at to say there's a big difference going on right here so the yeah we will we will see how that goes but it makes me more confident with the market for sure
1: yeah that's interesting i like that that's not a stat i've pointed to in the past but i'm going to start using it
0: and you know, I'm going to, I just told myself, I'm going to save that image. So I can put it on social media later and see, see how many other, like I'm surprised by it when I see it, but it, I think the picture is worth a thousand yeah. on that one. Real estate rock stars before this next commercial break, I just want to say thank you for listening to the podcast and thank you for listening to the commercials that we put in here. This is how we're able to push the podcast to you. This is how we can make sure that we publish so much content and keep providing Value. So here we go from one of our sponsors, Rent Ready. All right, guys, we got to be honest here. You've heard so many of the Rent Ready ads over the past really nine to 12 months as they've been one of our flagship sponsors for so much of the stuff that we're doing. You know, Rent Ready is a property management software, and we've told you about this truly working to elevate the entire renting experience for landlords and tenants. But this time, this isn't just a boring old podcast ad. I'm not sure how many episodes. We're going to run this on, but it's not just to help you maintain, and screen tenants, and run leases. This podcast ad is actually a secret. So this month, Rent Ready is releasing a game-changing feature that will help you save a whole lot of time and headache when it comes to crunching numbers on your rentals. I don't even know what it is yet. They wanted me to start doing this, and So while well, I can't share it yet, make sure that you stay tuned to the Rockstars Podcast for that surprise reveal because we'll have it on Good Authority. That Rent Ready will be letting our listeners know that once top secret feature is ready. So in the meantime, if you're looking to get started on Rent Ready's powerhouse of a platform, I use it for a lot of my stuff. Get signed up, say 50% off on any Rent Ready plan using our special code ROCKSTAR50. So that's 50% off any Rent Ready plan when you sign up using our code ROCKSTAR50 at rentready.com. It's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com using the code ROCKSTAR50 for 50% off any of them. And again, listeners, I got to say, Thank you for listening to our sponsor ads. And if you have any interest at all in trying, you know, any property management software, we appreciate it when you go check out our sponsors, especially the ones where I'm telling you about it myself. Here's a surprising one for me. So the same author day before Prashant on Bloomberg says, Lennar's outlook disappoints as supply crunch crimps builders. So, We talked about the supply currency. Lenar Corp reported quarterly home deliveries that missed its own expectations for the three months through August, Miami based company delivered 15,000 homes, 15,199 new homes, 600 below what it thought it was going to do. So they were going, it says this next quarter, they're planning to do 18,000 homes. It said the reason they were slowed down. So part of why they didn't get to release as many as they wanted, builders are increasingly running into roadblocks, delays, getting appliances, windows, construction materials, that's like a supply chain issue. And we're seeing that. We had, we ordered some windows for uh, an apartment complex. It took like three or four months for the windows to get there. Like, if you forget to do something in the process, there's no way. In the past, you could have like gone, driven to a Home Depot and gotten the appliances. And now you can't always find the matching emergency. Despite missing our delivery guidance, new home demand remains strong. Housing market remains strong in many areas. So that one said shares fell. I was thinking that maybe it was going to tell us that maybe the market's not as strong. But it was really saying that they they weren't able to build and release stuff fast enough. Uh, yeah. Have you heard much about supply chain stuff up there? Are grocery oh, yeah. stores full or empty? Are people able to get lumber again? Like, construction costs are much better. Supplies are much... The cost has gone down a lot here now.
1: Yeah, I've heard the same thing. And I've also heard that same thing on like windows. And there was one other thing. Because I, I just met with one of my contractors the other day. And he was saying windows were like 18 weeks out, some of them. And then there was... Something else, I don't think it was doors. There was something else that was like really delayed and it was pushing back, you know, all of their their builds. And luckily it sounded like all of their clients were still being really understanding, <laughs> you know, but
0: yeah. I have two houses, new construction. I've been in escrow to buy them since January. I was supposed to first get them in June and I went up and walked it and the houses are done, but they were missing like certain breakers in the electric panel.
1: Oh, and-
0: it's been three months and they still don't have th- those breakers. And I don't, and I'm not an electrician. I don't know how specialty they are, but in my mind, I'm like, get on Amazon and order the right one. And like, put that in next week. Like everything. Yeah. in my <laughs> room, Amazon will bring it to me in about five hours. So the, yeah. I, I am not a very patient guy. And something like that. I'm like, I bet I can find this on But I, but anyway, a house is getting held up just because of that, it, the, yeah. the long uh, electrical part, maybe it's stuck. In crazy. Home. Yeah.
1: And something that you think would be in like bulk supply, like, it's got to be like in every house, right? Every spec home, every house I get to Everywhere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like the appliance thing, even the appliance thing is surprising to me. But one of, it's obvious, you know, as we, as we say, it's like broken record. Everywhere I go, you see we're hiring signs. Mm-hmm. Like, see, and, and you forget like when there's something, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday. There's a part of the grocery store, there's like nothing on the shelves in this one section of one of the snacks that my kids likes. It's like a cracker cheese thing, something. And we're having this conversation where we're like, so is it because people are buying them because they're like, let's buy them up before the people run out? Is it because the supply chain issues, like they never got on the truck this month mm. to get out there? Is it because of the factory? Like there was nobody in the factory repackaging those goods. Cause there's a whole section for them on the counter still. Or is it like, are they in the back? room at the store, but the store doesn't have enough workers to come put them on the the Any one of those things, like, do you have a shortage of employees in any one of those four things? Like, that could explain, like, maybe it's not the end of the world, maybe they're just somewhere, and the person that's supposed to put it out on the truck, you know, called in sick that day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Weird. It's all of them have, like, you know, there's a shortage of employees at all four of those pieces, and yeah.
0: Dude, That's why Amazon is... So, Amazon wins the battle. Uh, totally non related to real estate. So, it says Amazon says workers and applicants fired or barred for marijuana screening are allowed to come back. So, Amazon is now lobbying to try to legalize marijuana because it realized it lost too many of its workers and too many of its delivery drivers for people that were testing positive to smoking weed. So now So now they're saying, you know what? We're not going to drug test anymore. You're allowed (laughs) to smoke weed no matter where you live, and the and now they're going to try to legalize it. And again, it's because Amazon's winning, the because they can somehow deliver something today that uh, is missing. So how do you feel about that? I thought that was a funny article that just came Um, up uh, yesterday. Yeah,
1: I think it's fine. You know, I think we all have lots of we probably all have personal lots of personal opinions about marijuana. They, I mean, it's legalized now in New York recently my husband's a police officer we're in a very liberal county up here and yeah. they have been prosecuting it for years so you know it's been something that's kind of felt legalized up here for quite a while
0: I think a lot of pla- yeah a lot of places decriminalized it a long time ago even before yeah. it became legal they just like stopped paying attention to it but it is um yeah as police officers you see my wife's uh, dad was a police officer for the longest time but it is it's interesting to see a business go so bold nationwide to be like, you know yeah. what? The, we used to fire you for this and you can come back and we're not going yeah. to anymore. So the I was gonna, uh, so next article on here I'm going to share. This was on Inman uh, Mortgage. So today at 4 a.m., um, I did not see it this morning, but, the, but I pulled it up just a little while ago. It says demand for mortgages surges as inventory situation improves. What do you think that means? Inventory situation improves. So let me see this. The reason it stuck out to me is it had a Fannie Mae mortgage rate forecast, and we're still in like kind of these historical low rates. But quarter one of 2020 was 3.5%, was the average 30 year fix. When you and I were talking at the very beginning, you're talking like, you know, people are getting investment loans now for like 2.8 and 2.9. And I saw your meetup on, on Instagram. That was awesome. You got so many people out It's such a big turnout. No, thanks. Three and a half percent go down to two point eight, goes down to two point nine. Right now, it's kind of creeping up. They think that so it's at three point one right now, and they think you know next month it sh- its its forecast is that the average is going to be three point two percent, still below pre pandemic, but creeping back up to those mortgage rates pre pre-pan- pre pandemic. But let's see what it said. Demand for mortgage surges as inventory situation improves. Demand for purchase loans rebounded last week to the highest level since April as demand for housing remains strong and more listings become available. So that's what they're saying by improving. So more listings becoming available. Mm-hmm. It said, uh, so September 13th, that has another Inman article it says, is your client ready to buy a home? This is the best time to do it. The past year has been a double edged sword for home buyers. Thanks to a normalizing market, home buyers can expect to experience some much needed price breaks as the fall home buying season goes into full swing. Based on four years of listing data, is the week of October 3rd through 9th is the sweet spot for buyers looking for a house at a reasonable price. Dude, that's crazy. Like the, hey, go shopping on October 3rd. Um, <laughs> Find a house. We used to do Black Friday deals. So the, it's funny because in, uh, in California, we'd always, we owned, we would buy and sell so many houses that we own, And uh, Kalina was the agent. And every year as like Thanksgiving would come up, we'd start to look at what houses do we have that we've had for too long. Oh. And our mindset was if we didn't sell it last week in November, no one's shopping during December. No right. one's going to come out because it's either get into a new house before Christmas or let's wait till the end of the year. It was right. kind of like, as soon as the first week of December hit, nobody was buying a house. I know last year is a little different because demand is weird and people are like, let's try when no one else is. But whatever we had come Thanksgiving weekend, we'd send these giant, like black Friday deals. And we put open houses at all the ones on the Friday and we would drop prices, 10, 20, 30 grand for that. We do these giant price breaks. That's a great be, idea. We need to sell our houses this weekend. So I guess October 3rd is another one, but I, <laughs> but if you're listening agents and you've got something out there, black Friday is your last chance to sell a house. I think. So you got to tell tell your people that you're representing. You're like, Hey, if we don't sell it this last week in November, you're not going to, you're probably not selling it till January or February.
1: Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Yeah.
0: The uh, and you get to put turkeys on all your flyers. We really, we really made it fun. Have you seen any creative listing stuff going on right now out there? Any things that people are doing, or is it still are you seeing lines to open houses? Anything like that? There's
1: still not. I don't think. No, I don't think there's a lot of open houses. I think some people are doing them. I haven't been doing them. There were. I don't know. I'd have to check on what the rules are right now because I'm not doing them. Mm-hmm. They were saying like, um, okay, so if you had an open house, it was only one person allowed in the house. You had to lock the door. While they like did their walkthrough. That may be that may be more lenient now, but um, I'm not, yeah, I don't there's not it's still such there's still such a low inventory. You don't have to do a lot creatively if you've put that if you've priced the house correctly and put it and put it on the market. There's such a lack of inventory, they're still selling.
0: Yeah. Hey, real estate rock stars listeners. This is a commercial break, but this is a quick commercial break for you guys. See, have any of you ever wanted to host your own podcast. If any of you guys thought about launching a podcast, but it seemed overwhelming, didn't quite know what to do. You know, something that we're thinking about launching right now or something that you're starting to launch right now, I don't know how many people we're going to help with, is we want to find listeners like you that want to launch their own podcast, it seemed a little bit overwhelming on what to do next. And we're going to start a service where we're going to help you guys figure out how to schedule your podcast, how to do the interviews. Our backend team will do everything that we do for the Real Estate Rockstars podcast. We will edit the show for you, we will publish it, we will help you with your social media and your images to really grow it. So I think our plan right now is three or four podcasts a month or up to three or four podcasts a month. The cost will be between 500 bucks and a thousand bucks a month to help you guys publish and launch your own podcast. So if that's something you're interested in, Be sure to reach out to us. Go find me on Instagram. Send me a message on there. It's at Aaron Mucha Steak. All right, back to the podcast. Have you heard much about the? I'm probably only going to be able to skim this article, and I got to dig deeper to find it. The article came out, and in minutes, an opinion article says NAR, National Association of Realtors, is fighting a losing battle against the Feds. It says the messy set of industry practices, the crux of this fight, are long overdue for major reform. There's been a lot of lawsuits back and forth over the past year of do local MLSs have a right to require people to be licensed, you know, and so so looking at the record, the DOJ seemed to tire the summer of the NAR strategy to put a straitjacket around the Justice Department's future investigation. The the underlying belief by many is that the fragmented real estate industry operates like a cabal with its arcane MLS rules, a broker cooperation system, off-market listings, and opaque commission canons practice that can lead to price fixing constraint antitrust that's the big thing that had been in all these lawsuits is Mm. using a broker uh price fixing is the antitrust if you're saying you know whether you're requiring a commission or not the way that it works so um they started doing all these lawsuits this year and then it said the deal so on july 1st this year Uh, this morning in a letter to DOJ from National Association of Real Estate Legal Counsel drew a line in the sand. We're not going to capitulate to your unilateral demands. Then the DOJ said it should be no surprise to you that we need to move forward to resolve this matter in order to protect consumers and the department's interest. So it says they've kind of now that says that the National Association of Realtors is fighting back. Now they filed a lawsuit against the DOJ to try to squash some of the you know, new documents, and so so much of that is about trying to kind of change um, real estate commissions. You know, changing the ability to to be able to kind of require it. Uh, they've got Rex Real Estate has been doing a lot of things about that. That's a an Austin-based company. Have you been following much? You hear about that much at all?
1: No, actually, I haven't.
0: <laughs> what do you do? You think that the when they say like commissions is price fixing, right? And, and the, one, of the, one of the arguments that they've put in the, the, the brief is that if you're gonna do a five or 6% commission no matter what, then you are artificially inflating a price up and or you're taking away that buyer's ability to maximize money. So one of the arguments is there are some places that say if you're not a licensed agent you can't actually like make the offer for somebody. It makes it a lot harder for someone to represent themselves. And some of these arguments say if someone's going to represent themselves, they should get a 3% discount or something on the price. They shouldn't have to you know, pay the commission or pay too much. And or if somebody represents themselves and the listing agent charges 6%, then it's unfair to the listing agent. Do you have an opinion about that at all?
1: Wow. That's interesting.
0: It's oh, like. It's, it's tough to, and I don't know how I feel about it. I know that I've had times where deals sold themselves and the commission felt like it didn't need to be paid. Yeah. I've also had many times where agents earned way more than their commission by, yeah. you know, and as all you guys, all my listeners are real estate agents. Of course, we would not do the business if it wasn't for commissions, but I think there's somewhat of a, I think some of these legal arguments are actually going to hold up with the idea that by having fixed commission prices, it is artificially you know, keeping prices at a certain level that someone would have paid otherwise. Like the, when you get an appraisal, the appraisal is for the purchase price, knowing that that's also, there's been 6% commission paid and other closing costs and things like that when you're going to refi. So, uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. So what, so what would be, what would be the alternative though? If you can't, if you don't have a fixed commission,
0: Right. Yeah. So I think one of the things they're saying in the alternative is everyone should be able to see the data that's in the MLS. Oh. So like, and that's MLS data is very protected, right? Like, if you're not an agent, you can't see what the neighbor sold their house for. Yeah. So you're required to hire an agent to know that. And so the one of the DOJ's arguments, um, and it might be in this lawsuit or in another, is that by keeping that information private, you're not allowing a normal person to go make an offer directly and, you know, save essentially 3% on the deal. They're having to hire.
1: How private is it though? If, if realtor.com, Zillow, they all have access to our MLS, you know, like the the data that's in there.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting too, because there's some small towns you'll notice like uh, San Angelo, Texas is a very random one that I've bought and sold houses in, but for whatever reason, their MLS there does not let Zillow or Realtor or anybody have it. They don't sell, they don't no. interact. So if you go to like on Zillow or Redfin on that page, you see no data. Oh, so in that town, I had to hire an agent to give me a BPO where normal before I went to auction, where normally I can do it with public records data yeah. that I have. So there is, I think there's small, I think most of the places are in there. So it's an interesting argument that I think has a little bit of, um, the question will really be, like, uh, it's like trade secret, right? Something sold, like what, what something sold for is a trade secret. And does an MLS have the right to keep protecting it? So hmm. luckily it's, it's going to be way over here in my head. We don't have to decide it.
1: Yeah. Just follow conversation.
0: it. Conversation, <laughs> man. I don't know. I, I had one other fun one just to show you. So there's this, uh, I don't know if you saw. You, I put, posted this on social media too, but it said, nobody wants to pay $500 million for this unfinished Bel Air Mega Mansion. So this giant $500 million house, $500 million, it just defaulted on its loan. So now they're trying to like, have somebody take over. So this Mega Mansion features six elevators, a nightclub, a bowling alley, a beauty salon. Uh, the developer defaulted on $100 million in loans. But it's not actually going into a normal foreclosure, probably because of the size of it. They know no one's going to go to auction with a $500 million check. So it's landed in property receivership and receivership. The bank has the ability to actually take over the property, finish the remodel, try to sell it uh, a bunch of different ways. Um, But look at this picture. Like uh, it just seems like that's speculation, right? Like that was somebody there's only, there's gotta be like 30 people in the world that could be a prospective buyer for a $500 million house. Like what's that is not a high demand. No. I mean, it's very low supply. There's only one of those.
1: A nightclub in your house.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole different lifestyle. If you've got a nightclub in your house, I mean, talk about an Airbnb uh, to go. Like you do a company retreat there, but if you've got six elevators, that's bigger than like. It's bigger than a lot of hotels. There's a lot of that's
1: bigger. Yeah, it's bigger than a lot of buildings here in not you know
0: Ithaca, New York. So the so you decided to do a meetup. And so, as our just our last few minutes here, let's see if we can give some advice to our people out there. The news has been pretty fun this month. I love being able to do more state of the market stuff. I'm way behind. I have all of these podcasts that I recorded at the Go Abundance meetup in Colorado that are going to be all sorts of different people. Oh, like that's investors, Mindset people. I'm going to be publishing all that stuff on the Real Estate Rockstars podcast. I'm going to try to do one or two a month, though, because I don't want to do eight weeks in a row of non real estate related stuff. But I think it's important stuff yeah, to put out there. I'm excited so for that. You just did your meetup. You called it like Pints and Properties, right?
1: Yeah. Yep. So I actually reached out to Shelby Osborne. She is a real estate agent that's kicking butt in North Carolina. She's with EXP. She mm-hmm. was on Bigger Pockets. Has she been on, have you had her I have
0: on? not had Shelby on here unless one of our other people interviewed her, but you have to get, get me an intro to her. We'll get her yes, on
1: I will. So she started this called Pints and Properties down there. And now she's, she like, if you reach out to her, she gives you basically like, this is how you do it. So she sent me the whole package on how to start it. I'd wanted to start when I wanted to really target um, investors. I wanted to be the authority in uh, multifamily here in my area. Um, And I felt like this was a good way to one, provide a lot of education for people who wanted to get started in real estate investing. We have a landlord's association, but um, you have to own a property to be a part of that. And they provide a lot of value and a lot of good information. But if you want to get started, there really wasn't anything here. There wasn't any kind of meetup for people to go and, you know, collaborate and network and learn more. So yeah, so I started this one. It's called Plants and Properties. It's a really relaxed um, atmosphere. We do like a 20 to 30 minute speaker. I And then we're going to do like... Like a deal deep dive. Somebody talk, either I can talk about a deal I've done or I want to bring people on that talk about their deals. And then at the very end, I um, hand out the, a little worksheet with the numbers that I ran on what I think is the best investment property on the MLS that day. Huh. So, yeah.
0: That is cool. So, the, I like that. So, agents everywhere, you guys should be trying to become the authority in something right? Everybody talks about their niche, but being the authority where somebody says, this is who I go to for that question. I love getting questions from people on social media that say, how do I get this listing sold? They send me a copy of their listing. They go, what's wrong with the picture? What's wrong with this? Like, What advice would you give Yeah, being one of the authorities that people say, Hey, I think you might have the answer for this. And so if people out there get to know, I think a meetup is a really cool way to do that. So the, how many people showed up?
1: I wanted I was going to be happy with five like I just wanted five people I set my expectations really low we're a small town 21 showed up so I was and I got really good feedback that people had been you know waiting to needing something wanting something like this there was quite a few people that wanted to come and couldn't and said they'll make it next you know the following month so so yeah I was I was really happy with it.
0: Awesome. Well, now people, now listeners are going to reach out to you, ask you how to set it up. They're also going to reach out to Shelby and see how to set it up. Any yeah. final thoughts, any real estate predictions, last things you think our listeners should hear this week from you?
1: I don't think we're in a bubble. Like I, I love having that conversation with people. Um, but yeah, that was like when, a, from the beginning when we were talking about it, I think we're still in a boom and um, there's still lots of real estate to sell
0: out there. Yeah. I think we are still in a boom. I think there's going to be, I, again, there's signs of, signs of slowdowns and changing stuff, but it's just, you know, I think there was one article that said, let me see if I can just find the title of it and we'll talk about it next time. It, uh, it pretty much said like everybody's pissed, like buyers are pissed because they, yeah, here it says, um, um, insiders, Americans are pissed about the housing market. They haven't hated it this much in four decades. That's a funny headline. <laughs> Only twenty nine percent of Americans say it's a good time to buy a home. I think that is what's causing the slowdown, but it's not actually changing demand. Like it's like it's yeah. like it's like, hey, we want to. We wish we had that uh, that snack for my daughter at the store. It makes us frustrated that it's not there, but we're gonna go check again tomorrow. Like it's not yeah. changing our demand. So mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a super funny headline. But Americans are pissed about the housing market. That's in Business Insider, uh, September twentieth, just a couple days ago. Well. Kelly, the, uh, it's always awesome to have you come on here. The, it's fun to get to talk to you, see what you're doing on, on social media. We always, we get to have so much in common, catching up about families and everything else. How should people reach out to you if they want to talk to you?
1: Um, they can find me on Instagram at Kelly Skevel, or they can email me to Kelly at gmail.com.
0: Cool. And real estate rockstar. So the, we are going to ask you the question, are we in a boom or are we in a bubble? What do you see in your area? Like you can go to my Instagram and you can answer the image. Are we in a boom or are we in a bubble? You go tell Kelly as well. But also I'm, I would love it if you would send me a recorded message. So like Instagram, I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit more in the tech world. Before we hit record, Kelly and I were joking. <laughs> about how we should be a little bit more technically savvy yeah. on some of our things. She should be more technically savvy than I am.
1: Exaster, anyways, yeah, for, on my end. Yeah,
0: she's, she's younger than me, so she's yeah. automatically supposed to be way better at technology. Yeah. It's like every year you should be yeah. 10 years better. At technology. <laughs> but send me a recorded message of your answer say, Hey, I'm, 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 I'm Kelly. I'm from upstate New York. And I think we're in a boom, or I think we're in a bubble and here's why. And so the, I almost have enough where I'm going to be able to put together at least uh, enough of you guys have responded to the different questions. I'm going to have at least one or two podcasts where I'm going to get to share all of the insight from you guys around the world and around the U S with some of your answers. And I think it's going to be so good for our listeners. So go to my Instagram, answer the question, send me a recorded voice memo or a video so we can put it on there. Kelly, thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me, Aaron.
0: Real Estate Rockstars. Thanks for listening. All right, Real Estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rankings. Right now, we are the biggest Podcast out there for real estate agents and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate, how to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, Go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchasteghi.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon.